0: hello everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of africa Carrefour. in today's episode we are going to talk about what is undoubtedly one of the most significant events that ever happened on the african continent Long before Robert Mugabe and Nelson Mandela, one man stood high above all in Africa. In fact, on this same day, March 6, 1957, in the Gold Coast of Africa, he would boldly declare the independence of his country. During his independence speech, he proceeded on to make another big proclamation. His country's independence was meaningless. His country's independence was meaningless if his country's independence was meaningless if it wasn't linked up to the total liberation of Africa. His revolutionary leadership would trigger a wave of independence across sub-Saharan Africa. For many and for this and many more, he would remain a towering figure in the history of Africa and Ghana. Yes, you guessed it right. The person I'm talking about is Kwame Nkrumah. And so, who was Kwame Nkrumah? Who is this man? For the context of this episode, we'll only examine the life of Nkrumah from college and beyond. From for the context of this podcast episode, we will only examine the life of Krumah from college through his political success and his demise. Krumah came to the United States as a student at Lincoln University. After completing his studies, he moved back to Ghana because he had a job offered to work as a local organizer and to help with what was termed the slow and steady transfer of power from the British to the locals. Sidebar. To all the international students who are listening to me right now, I have a question for you. Have you considered going back home to help when the opportunity comes knocking? Would you jump on such an opportunity? I know that's a very difficult question because many of us left our home countries in pursuit of greener pastures. But I would like to remind you, Of the words of the newly minted WTO Director General, Dr. Ngozi Okonja-Iweala, she, when asked why she left her number two position at the World Bank to pick up the job as Minister of Finance back in Nigeria, said she was tired of complaining. She had to come back home and do her own bit to help in the progress and development of her country such a great woman i don't know if i would be as courageous as hard to be able to do that do we take pride in service of our country or are we just going to sit and complain about the things that are working and the things that are not working because oftentimes that is so easy to do okay Enough of the sidebar, and let's get back to the life of Kwame Krumer. So, after Krumer arrived at home and was working as a local organizer, he thought that the program was too long and that, in fact, it was a massive scam. As a result, he became what was termed a radical. He called for the immediate self-government of his people because this long and protracted period was just wasteful because of his outspokenness he would later on be arrested by the British and jailed but what the British didn't realize by jailing Krumer was the fact that his arrest would energize his base and that his suffering was only proof that he was right that the British were running a massive scam on the people. Nkrumah was a man that was way ahead of his time. While serving serving his three-year jail term, he found a loophole in the system that would allow him run for political office. Can you think about this happening today? A prisoner, someone who is incarcerated, running for political office. He ran for office from prison. And as he campaigned, he promised his people that all of their sufferings would disappear once the colonial rule was over. In fact, his bid was successful and he won the elections and became the first prime minister of Ghana. He was hailed by his people as a man of destiny. Yo, the Moses of Africa, a great liberator. In fact, a newspaper brief of Krumah once read... When our history is recorded, the man Kwame Nkrumah will be written of as the liberator, the messiah, the Christ of our day, whose great love for mankind wrought change in Ghana, in Africa, and the world at large. Wow! This spoken of a man who wanted the liberation of his country. Nkrumah's vision was much larger than just Ghana. In fact, he dreamed of an Africa that was borderless. And this was highlighted during his independence speech. Like I just said earlier, Ghana's independence will remain meaningless as long as African countries remain under the yoke of imperialism and colonialism. Later on in, this, in a BBC interview, he would declare and say that we put a black star on Ghana's flag so as to tell the world. That even a black star can shine. Really, this man was ahead of his day. At a time when the colonial powers were likely thinking about holding on to Africa for another hundred years. To follow up on his grand vision for the total liberation of Africa. In 1958, Nkrumah was called an All African People's Conference in Ghana. This was the event of the time. In attendance were about 300 representatives from all across Africa and some of the big revolutionary names were there. Julius Nerere, Kenneth Kaunda, Patrice Lumumba and many more. His inspiration on these leaders would in subsequent years see their push for independence of their own countries. After Nkrumah played such a critical role, his influence only began to grow and he saw himself in a sense as the president of Africa. His long vision was to create an Africa that would become an industrial powerhouse and rival that of Europe. And this was what led to the birth of the term Pan-Africanism. More discussions on Pan-Africanism in subsequent episodes. Nkrumah, like any other leader, was no saint. Nkrumah, like any other leader, was no saint. He was controversial, impatient as some would describe, arrogant, and distrustful of others to the point of being paranoid. He was a great but controversial and enigmatic leader. As a result of his paranoia, Nkrumah would gradually descend into authoritarianism that would make him grow from a sire to a political outcast, whose ultimate demise led to a lot of celebration on the same streets by the same people who had once adored him in fact in 1966 on a state visit outside of ghana there was a military coup that overthrew nkrumah and saw the rise of new political figures in ghana like jj rollins He would go on to never see his home country, Ghana, again. He fled to neighboring Guinea, where he would live for the remainder of his days. In his memoir, as he reflected on his life, he alleged that the CIA of the United States and other foreign governments' interference had a role to play in his political downfall. Krumer, the man who has once been hailed as the liberator and the Moses of our time, would later on die a lonely man in 1972. Far away from his home Ghana, and even his final wish for his body to, to be embalmed and preserved like that of Lenin, who had a great inspiration on his life, wasn't adhered to or that he be cremated and his ashes be strewn in the rivers and streams and deserts and savannas all across the continent of Africa was not granted. Instead, his body was flown back to Ghana quietly and buried in his village of birth. Krumah, no doubt was a dividing figure, even in his days. However, as history would repeat itself, in 2000, the same man who was abandoned by his people and the continent would later on vote him as the African man of the millennium. Let that sink in. The same Africans that abandoned him, and left him to die a lonely man in exile, voted him as African Man of the Millennium. In his native country of Ghana, his birthday is celebrated as a national holiday. The same people who couldn't wait to get rid of him when he became or when he was considered a political outcast now hail and celebrate him. Maybe time truly, like they say, heals all wounds. Nkrumah, with all his imperfections, played his part. His place in history has been secured, for better or for worse. But we also must never forget what Malimu Julius Nerere told us and warned us in his speech in 1997 marking the independence of Ghana. He said, and I quote, Africa without unity has no future in this world. That statement was true in 1997, and the same warning holds true today in 2021. As a continent, we are even more so divided than back then during Nkrumah's days. Today, we celebrate 64 years of Ghana's independence, And undoubtedly the colonial liberation of Africa. But the lingering question is, what have we achieved in these 64 odd years worth celebrating? Some of our greatest liberators and freedom fighters have turned into dictators. Our economies are not growing. A lot of them are in the standstill. In fact, a few of them are retreating. We build our budget based on foreign aid. Intercontinental trade is even more difficult and some countries are still dragging their feet on, the new, on ratification of the newly passed African Free Trade Agreement. Even a symbolic visa-free continental travel has not been accomplished. So much for Nkrumah's Grand African Unification Project. And so much for Pan-Africanism. Today, we celebrate 64 years of Ghana's independence and undoubtedly the liberation of Africa. And so my question to you is, what are we celebrating? What are the accomplishments of the past 64 years worth celebrating? As always, let us know what you think. But until next time... Thank you so much for joining us at The Curry Foam.